Hello, everybody. It's your girl, Carmelita, and I want to welcome you to Purity to Purpose. Here on Purity to Purpose, I want to show you what it looks like to have a relationship with the invisible yet real God. I'm going to show you these things through my personal testimonies, as well as Bible study devotionals. I'm so passionate about this because I remember growing up and not enjoying church. I remember growing up and not having an understanding of what it looked like to have a relationship with God. I remember not fully understanding him. So now it is my hope and my desire to bring clarity and wisdom to you. So I ask you to bring your hope and your faith as well as your doubts as we talk about what it looks like to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Hello everybody, it's your girl Carmelita and I want to welcome you back to another episode of Purity to Purpose. So we are going to start day two of our Bible study plan that we just started titled Success from the Inside Out. And in case you did not listen to yesterday's episode, which I would absolutely recommend you do, but I want to read the description of the Bible study plan that we're doing. And it says, this Bible plan is for anyone who battles feelings of unworthiness due to past trauma. If you have pursued success in your career, relationships, and life, only to find less fulfillment on the other side of it, this Bible plan from international speaker, author, business executive, and pastor, Nona Jones, will be exactly what you need to rise from a painful past. So let's get started with day two, and it's titled From Fear to Freedom. A story. Vern was just 18 when she gave birth to a baby girl, and she moved away shortly afterward. The little girl spent the first six years of her life in rural, segregated Mississippi, with a grandmother who beat her regularly. Although she was brilliant and had learned to read before the age of three, she was regularly punished for anything her grandmother didn't like. One time when the young girl went to the well to get some water from the home, she became intrigued by the water and began to play in it with her fingers. Her grandmother saw it and beat her so badly that the girl bled from the welts on her back. When she put on her dress for church, the welts bled through the dress and her grandmother beat her again for getting blood on the dress. She left her grandmother at six to move to Milwaukee with her mother, but while there, the mother in charge of the house her mother lived in made the girl sleep on the porch, and at nine years old, she was raped. She continued to be abused between the ages of 10 and 14 when she found out she was pregnant. Two weeks after she gave birth, the baby died. In that baby's life, she had built hope for a new life of her own, and when it died, her hope for the future died too. But that summer, she took an acting class for the first time, and she allowed the pain, turmoil, and emotion of her life to emerge on stage. She began to feel a cathartic purge as the thoughts and feelings she had kept trapped on the inside of her were finally forced to the outside. Although her healing did not happen immediately, 
She discovered over years that giving voice to her pain was the first step toward healing from it. And her voice has become a source of healing, hope, and inspiration to millions. The baby girl who was originally named Orpa was called Oprah due to mispronunciation has become one of the most recognized names in the world. And yet behind the celebrity wealth and power of influence is a woman who had discovered the power to rise from her past. A woman like you, a woman like me. Our lesson. The hurtful things that happened to us, no matter how long ago they may have been, create millennial markers in our life that are difficult to escape because our life becomes defined by what happened before and after the event. And for some of us, the things that happened become part of our identity. We view ourselves through their lens and begin to believe we're nothing more than they say we are. But at the heart of these thoughts is a fear that we were somehow complicit in what happened and that can be paralyzing. Although we tend to use the words guilt and shame interchangeably, they're actually entirely different. We feel guilty about something we did and its impact on the people we care about. We can even feel guilty about things we didn't do simply because of its impact on the people that we care about. Shame, on the other hand, is entirely different. Shame doesn't just cause us to feel guilty about what happened, Shame assumes the responsibility for what happened and attributes it to our identity. Brene Brown defines this by saying, guilt says I made a mistake, shame says I am a mistake. There are things in our past that we aren't proud of, but if we allow those things to define who we are, we will begin to live in a state of shame. As a survivor of childhood physical and sexual abuse, I blamed myself for what I suffered for many years of my life. But as I've grown through my walk with God, I began to realize that the things that happened to me created a broken identity where I saw myself as worthless. It was only when I began to see myself through the filter of God's word that I realized I was made for so much more than just surviving. I was made to thrive and flourish and you are too. Even when uncertainty is the only thing you're certain of, there is hope and an opportunity to thrive through God. Uncertainty can bring fear, and fear can change the way we show up in the world. But the Bible lets us know that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, and instead gives us power, love, and a sound mind. Pray. Lord, I'm ready to believe Excuse me, I'm ready to release myself from the fear I've allowed to lead my life and decisions for too long. I am not what happened to me. I am a victor through the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. Amen. The scripture that I'm going to read with you today is 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. And it says, For the spirit that God is giving us does not make us timid. Instead, his spirit fills us with power love, and self-control. So, this little girl that we later found out was Oprah is a perfect example of going from bondage to freedom, of not allowing fear to hold you back. I love how it says here 
that there are things in our past that we aren't proud of, but if we allow those things to define who we are, we will begin to live in a state of shame. I also love here what was brought out was that it says, let me find it here, Brene Brown defines guilt is I made a mistake and shame as I am a mistake. I want you to think about things that you have endured in your past. Whether it was something that you brought about on your own, whether it was something that happened to you. And I want you to think about how those things affect you today. The things that you may have brought on to your brought on on your own are decisions that oftentimes you made because you either felt like you needed to or it was something that might have been peer pressure when you were a child. But either way it goes, these were decisions that you made due to immaturity in one way, shape, form, or fashion, be it mental, emotional, spiritual immaturity. But what I don't want to be the case is for you to feel ashamed of those things. As Brene Brown says, a mistake, when you're looking at it from a perspective of guilt, it says, I made a mistake. Shame says, I am a mistake. But with God, we have freedom that we don't have to feel guilty or ashamed. This word says, we don't have to have a spirit. We are not meant to have a spirit of timidity. We're not to have a spirit of fear. His word tells us to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. Jesus died for us, for our sins. So for every mistake that you made, everything that you may feel guilty and ashamed of, whether it was something that happened to you or something that you did, we are forgiven. So, we don't have to be afraid. We can live this life with a sense of vulnerability because we don't have to be afraid. Vulnerability is such a powerful word to me because vulnerability allows people the ability to have access to you, to have access to the good and the bad, to have access to the things that at one point in time you felt guilty and ashamed for. I know I myself have had things that have occurred in my past that I felt guilty and shameful about. I as well was sexually abused from the age of nine to 15. I felt guilt and shame associated with those things for so many years. That is until I took the time to bring it to God. I had to do a really long, deep dive process. And when I say long, I mean years. The fact is, is that being free from something that is absolutely never supposed to have occurred takes years to get over. I as well thought it was my fault. In some instances, I as well felt like it was something I could have done differently. 
But the fact of the matter is, is that it wasn't my fault. I was a child and these individuals preyed on my infancy, on my mental and emotional infancy, knowing that I was immature. I had no idea. And in some situations, not my own, but in some situations when you do endure sexual abuse, as is the case with Oprah, it can be violent, so resisting could actually mean your life. So I want you to know for anyone under the sound of my voice who has dealt with anything like this, be it sexual abuse, be it physical abuse, even mental and emotional, I don't want to discount that either because mental and emotional abuse is just as bad. Sometimes it's those unseen wounds that are the hardest to heal from. The physical bruises, they'll heal. Those mental and emotional ones though, not so much. It takes time, just like with the physical, just like with the sexual, for those mental and emotional to heal. It takes time, but it also is something else that God allows us to be free from. We don't have to live with any guilt or shame from any of those things. Now, let's turn it around on the flip side. What if you were the perpetrator? If you were the perpetrator of any of those things, and you unknowingly hurt someone else, I want you to know there's freedom for you too. I want you to know that there's freedom for you too because once again, let me remind you, God loves all of us. I heard someone say that Jesus is married to the backslider. When you think about Jesus' life, his short life here on the earth, he wasn't hanging out with the Pharisees. He wasn't hanging out with the kings. He wasn't hanging out in the palaces. He was hanging out with the ones who were lowly, who needed healing, the ones who, who were doubting, the ones who had been through some things, the ones who were praying and begging God for help and assistance in certain things, ones who were on their deathbed, ones who did die, needed to be raised back to life. Those are the people who Jesus spent time with. So as a result, whether you are someone who was a victim or a perpetrator, he loves us both equally. Jesus died next to sinners and asked God to have mercy on them because he said they know not what they do. No one who willingly knows fully the hurt and the pain that they're going to inflict, who has a conscience that is married to Jesus. And I say married because it is a covenant. The relationship that we have with God, with Jesus, it is a covenant. No one who is recognizing that covenant would do something like that but that doesn't mean that god loves them any less 
Will there be consequences for their actions? Absolutely. I don't want to at all discount the consequences because that is something that we do have to take we do have to take account for. But it also says that he disciplines those that he loves. So it doesn't mean because you're suffering consequences. It doesn't mean because you have to walk through those consequences that he loves you any less. But the main thing I wanted to bring out too is what it says here in your devotional where it says that it was only when I began to see myself through the filter of God's word that I realized I was made for so much more than just surviving. I was made to thrive and flourish and you are too. I love running into people who have been sexually abused. Why do I love it? Because I'm on the other side. I love it because I get to be an example to them of what it looks like to not just survive, to not walk around with a scarlet letter on your chest that says you are a victim, but to instead show them that you can thrive on the other side of this pain, this very real pain, to show them that you are absolutely normal. What it is that you're going through, what it is that you're feeling mentally and emotionally, some of the mental bondage, some of the things that you yourself are inflicting upon yourself, these are byproducts of what happened to you. Had someone told me that when I was younger and trying to find myself, because when this happened to me, I was trying to find myself. I was trying to to find myself and discover myself. Hormones were racing through me. It was, this occurred during the most pivotal time of my life. Oftentimes, what I've seen is that that is exactly the time frame that it happens, from 10 to 15, when your body and your mind are starting to form, when you are starting to become the person that you are going to be into adulthood, when you're trying to figure out what that looks like and find your place in the world, finding your place as far as with friends and things like that, that is whenever it happens. When you are the most impressionable. And so, because it happens during these transition years, it makes your transition that much more difficult and, and it adds an extra wrinkle into it. Had someone told me that everything I was feeling, thinking, and doing was normal and that I was still loved and accepted, there's no telling what would have happened to me. There's no telling how it would have turned out. But it didn't. And I thank God that it didn't because it allows me the ability to be the change. It allows me the ability to have the pleasure holding someone and allowing them to cry on me and to know that they're okay, that they are okay, that they are loved, that they are normal, that they are accepted, that they are right where they are supposed to be because what happened to them happened to them. And what they're doing, acting, how they're responding, 
are the byproducts of what happened to them. It doesn't mean that they are a mistake. It doesn't mean that they have to feel ashamed. It doesn't mean that they're a second-class citizen. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. Some of these things people think about and they associate with negative and poor behavior because they don't understand. So if you were fortunate enough to not be a victim, I would implore you to do some research on what it looks like to be a victim. Some of the behaviors that may manifest as a result, some of the responses and the reactions that may result as a, that may come out as a result, the lack of trust. Oftentimes you don't trust, especially when it comes to romantic relationships. It makes it difficult. It affects your sex life. A healthy sex life is very difficult. Very difficult. If it was someone who was a a parental figure, oftentimes it also affects your relationships with authority. It will also affect your relationship with your Heavenly Father. So as a result, I implore you to please do your research and please just love them. Don't judge them. God is love. Show them God's love in human form because there is a very good possibility that they've never seen it. I myself never saw it. I had very well-meaning individuals in my life who loved me. But they did not show me God's love in human form, not fully, because they were going through their own unresolved things. Until you become healthy, you can't show someone else healthy love. I heard someone say, a healthy relationship are two healthy individuals coming together. Now, oftentimes that is never the case. (laughs) But that doesn't mean it's a lost cause. I believe me and my husband have a healthy relationship. But we still got our junk that we're working through individually which then creates junk collectively. But our relationship is healthy because we're devoted to figuring it out. We're devoted to working the process. We're devoted to doing our individual growth so we can then be able to be healthier individuals when we do come together. And in our not even one year of marriage, We have come a long way. We were laughing about it earlier today, about how far we've come. Things that used to get under my skin, we can laugh about now. Things used to get under his skin, don't even get under his skin no more. We have become two much healthier individuals, which then creates a healthy relationship. But that takes time, and that takes intentional effort. And that also takes a healthy community. So if you can be someone's healthy community, I would implore you to do so. Because if we didn't have healthy community that loved on us, we definitely wouldn't be where we are. Yes, it took us going to God, but it also took us going to healthy, 
community. Men need men to pour into them. Boys need men to pour into them. Girls need women to pour into them. Women need women to pour into them. There is a very real, very real responsibility for same-sex relationships, same-sex community. A very real need for it. If you don't have it, be it. I heard someone say you can't have a friend unless you be a friend. Be a friend. Be be someone's community. Love on them. Accept them. Be there for them. Forgive. All of these things will allow us to be able to help someone to grow to freedom and will also free us as well. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Oprah's story of not just surviving, but thriving. I thank you for the example that we have in her story, God. I thank you for the example that we have in your word, the Bible, of many others who didn't just survive, but they thrived. I thank you, Father, for the fact that you, Jesus, you were here on earth and you healed. You healed those who were just surviving and helped them to thrive. I thank you for all the promises in your word, the Bible, that teach us that you are there for us to not just survive, but to thrive. I thank you, Father, for helping us. Helping us as victims to see ourselves as victors, to be able to find freedom on the other side of our pain, to know that we have you that we can come to who will be there for us. I thank you for the community that you bring into our lives. Whether we have it now or it's in our future, God, I thank you in advance. I thank you, Father. I ask you to help us to not just seek out healthy community, but to be healthy community, God. Help us to love one another as you love us. Help us to forgive, Father. Help us to grow in freedom so that we can then be able to help and affect our sphere of influence so they can be healthy community and show love the way that you implore for us to do so. So, Father, I thank you so, so, so much for your love, your grace, and your mercy and your patience with us. And I seal this in your son, Christ Jesus' name. Amen. All right, family, I love you. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow in day three of our Bible study plan. And if you have not, as I mentioned, if you have not listened to day one, I would absolutely recommend you do so because each and every story that it starts off with is a story that will absolutely blow your mind. These are people who were not just surviving these are people who have thrived past their pain. These are real people. These are Bible stories. These are humans. Not to say that the Bible stories aren't humans, but I mean, these are real life humans that live in modern times, not in biblical times. We all are familiar with who Oprah is. The individual in day one, you've likely read about as well. So I just want you to 
really dive in to these to these devotionals. I believe this is likely probably one of the most pivotal devotionals that I've ever done because it really hits home. It really helps to show you how to have success on the inside, not from a, a business standpoint, but the interesting thing is that it will also spill into every sphere of your life, every different area of your life. So I love you and I look forward to talking to you tomorrow in day three of our Bible study plan.